It's the Eggship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Eggship, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's, women's basketball, and Olympic sports. Uh, you can subscribe at www.theagship.com at either the six or ten dollar tier. Ten dollar tier subscribers just got the monthly Q and A podcast, um, as well as uh, twice weekly film stories during fo- during uh, football season. You get the film review and the film preview. Um, the film review this week was a little bit esoteric, but I think it got the job done a little bit more on, uh, football psychology and a little bit less on the actual, some football stuff, some scheme stuff, but football is more than just drawing it up on paper. And I try to, I try to capture that. So if you're interested in that, subscribe at the $10 tier. If not, no problem. You get everything else at the $6 tier. That's cover stories, notebooks, previews. Um, everything that you could really want in uh, in the coverage of these teams, including weekly the uh, the Olympic sports recap, and that's actually where we're going to start here today. I'm joined by co-host Parker Ballantyne and Parker. We've got some, I would say, pretty big Olympic news here to start this show. We're, this is the Fresno State preview, but before we can do that, there is a uh, there's a team on on campus at Utah State that has uh, has really sort of forced itself into center stage here. I don't think we can I don't think we could do justice covering Utah State without talking about the volleyball team. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The volleyball team right now is, uh, I mean, they're on, they're on a tear right now, but really, if you look at it, they're in the midst of a three-year tear. They are uh, yeah. reigning back-to-back Mountain West champions, um, and they don't show any signs of, of slowing down that volleyball team. They just moved into sole possession of first place. Um, there's really no other way to start this show without without going volleyball first. That team has been uh, been run beautifully by uh, rob nelson and he's, he's doing a great job over there at that club estes there uh they are now six and one in the mountain west 13 and five overall uh they're doing they're doing great things over there yeah they are and, and they're they're fresh off of the win that moved them into first place in the mountain west was a 3-1 win on the road over the previous number one team in the conference and that would be boise state um that uh it's it's in pretty much every sport going to be an important win for utah state anytime it can do that and this one certainly applies um it was it was dominant it really was they they very nearly put it away in straight sets they uh surrendered a pretty big comeback in the third set uh that that got boise state on the board but then utah state just shuts it down at at the end they had a 10-2 run in the fourth set um, close it out late and uh, and get a, a really big win for a program that just stacks big wins. Like you said, reigning back-to-back uh, regular season conference champions, they win the uh, tournament title last year, go to the NCAA tournament. That is the goal. That remains the goal. That's the expectation for that program under Rob Nielsen, who has done just an unbelievable job um, with building that program, building a uh, a very talented program but also a program that has just a ton of energy around it and it's it's we've talked about it a little bit before on the show but it's really really cool to see they're selling out club estes every week they're they're you know it's it's filled as much as it could possibly be filled they're bringing in the extra bleachers to get everybody in there um it is uh it's an extremely hot ticket in logan right now and for good reason that team is really really good and is in is in a really good spot here to do what it just keeps on doing which is winning the mountain west and and being at the top of the conference um you know experienced team players who have been around players like tatum stall who is excellent um but they've they've got young players stepping up and contributing they've got a lot of grad transfers stepping into roles um they're awesome they're they're really really good at what they do and they just keep winning and you know i i think it's probably going to be more of the same for them moving forward 
yeah, they're, they are really, really good. It's so fun to see the energy around that program. Uh, I love when teams, you know, outside of the traditional football and men's basketball get this type of energy. It's um, unfortunately, in my opinion, it's a little bit, it's, it's rare. Uh, it's becoming more common, but uh, these, these girls work hard and they deserve the energy and the, the hype that they're getting. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to see teams outside of, like I said, football and men's basketball. And you know what, like that's, that's what makes college sports so fun. Like this is what makes college sports awesome is we get to beat Boise in multiple sports every year. Like that's, what's <laughs> awesome. Um, and beating Boise is, is always very difficult. They're a well-run program top to bottom up there. Um, but it's also fun because the, there's nothing funner than seeing that ugly shade of blue and, and orange go down. Um, Boise State now sits at five and two in the conference. They are a close second place. And then in, in third, you have a, a pack of uh, Air Force, New Mexico and UNLV. UNLV had uh, really high expectations coming into the season as well. So uh, really good to see the women's, you know, the the women on the volleyball team just just killing it over there. Yeah. And uh, before we get into this, not to use the success of one program as a cudgel against another program, but I do just want to, I want to say, because this has been a question in, in the past, and I, I don't think that it needs to be based on the success that the volleyball team has had. Um, Utah State would more than happily support a very good women's basketball program. More than happily support. The fans would be out in, in, uh, in full force, I think, for a for a good women's basketball program, it is something to think about. It is something to consider as Utah that State is, uh, continues forward with a new athletic director in uh, Diana yes. Sabo and and one who has uh, seen very good women's basketball program uh, get built at Ohio State and and be sustained at Ohio State and uh, has that very high up. I can tell you on her list of priorities is getting the women's basketball program up to the Utah State basketball standard because. It should be both. It should be. And I think that that is, I think that's a pretty big goal for Utah State as it moves into this new, you know, new tenure. Yep. I'm glad you brought that up. Obviously, women's basketball is going to be the beat that I'm on this year. So that's going to be, uh, you know, I will be covering that and I'll be really into that once we get started, which it's right around the corner. Media Day is happening right now in Vegas, uh, literally as we speak. But um, the women's basketball program, obviously underperforming, especially when you look at the history of the men's program. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I would love to just be able to say that Utah State is a basketball school and not have to, in the back of my mind, think, well, men's basketball, not yeah. women's basketball. I want to be able yeah. to say Utah State is good at basketball. Yeah. Both teams are good. Um, there's definitely the support for it in the community. Even at the high school level, there's uh, there's a lot of really talented girls and there's a lot of community yeah. support um, at those high schools in the in the Valley. So, um it's it's just a uh, it's a time bomb so to speak um, if you'll uh, if you'll pardon the uh, the expression there but it's it's only a matter of time before that women's basketball team gets a little bit of success and the community is going to be right there behind it I hope. Yep, if you build it, they will come. I think, and especially for basketball, Very true. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cash Valley is not opposed to good basketball. I would say. I think I think you can sell that pretty easily. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I, I'm I'm up enough that I can say this on the on the Utah high school women's basketball scene. Um, I'm not locked in to it or anything, but I know it's good and it's getting better and it has been getting better. There's investment yeah. there locally. There's investment there around the state, and I think that um, really for the you know the first time at least like significantly and and as a focus, there will be investment in in that at Utah State. That that has not been a huge focus of the athletic department in the past. 
Um, they've cut it before for like a, like several decades. It was gone. They just didn't have it. Um, and uh, that is not going to happen again. That is not going to be. That's not going to be in the future. And I think that probably what is in the future is more investment. Is realizing there's a lot of potential there if you take it. The Mountain West in women's basketball is not the Mountain West in men's basketball. It's usually a one bid league. Um, there are several programs that would love to change that. Right now, it's pretty much just UNLV and everybody else. But Colorado State's getting better. Wyoming is getting better. Um, you're seeing that investment around the sport in general, but in the Mountain West specifically. And I think that Utah State would very, very much like to be on that on that train, be it with a, a you know a tenure that has not gone super well super well thus far under under Kayla Art, and and just seeing that finally come around and 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 produce some results, or under somebody else. And I, I think that whatever. Whatever the way that they get to it is, you will see an increased focus on getting the the women's basketball program up to speed, getting it ready to compete, and getting you know people in the door, giving something for for people to show up and watch. You could count the number of people in the stands for a lot of games last year, and you just there's no excuse for that. There's no reason for that to be the case. Um, Utah State would gladly gladly support that. I think that that you know the herd and and even just people locally would love to go watch a good to very good women's basketball program and i think that that's going to be a major major focus for utah state as it moves forward yeah i certainly hope so uh you're definitely going to see just the entire conference uh even even nationwide it's uh it's it's a good thing uh women's sports are getting invested in now i think more than more than ever that is a very, very good thing, women's basketball, especially because I think a lot of people are realizing that, hey, people like basketball. They don't care who's playing it. They like good basketball. Yep. Very true in Cache Valley. Uh, I certainly hope that Utah State can be on the forefront of that um, and and try to catch up to some of the leaders, of course, being UNLV in the conference and, and beat some of those other schools that uh, might have uh, a harder time getting behind their women's program or just, you know, it's it's difficult to fund things and, and for whatever reason i'd love to see utah state be able to really uh you know make those programs pay like get get in the door first and uh really establish yourself as uh, as a strong program going forward yeah uh, nothing would make me happier with with that program there is we there... will we will talk more about that i'm sure in uh yeah. in weeks to come but yeah that's that's my two cents right now yep infrastructure for it too with nil as well the the blue a yep. collective is not just for football um and they would tell you that that is uh yeah is it's, not... it's doing great things with volleyball right now. yeah yeah a lot of them <laughs> a lot a lot of great things and and you're seeing it's, you're seeing good yeah. players come in you're seeing good players transfer in you're seeing players from big schools come in and make a make a big impact i think that that would very very easily extend to women's basketball so something right, to yeah. uh something to monitor there's, as we get closer there's to a pattern season. there you you win games bring in more money bring in more players bring in more money like it's yep. it's a it's a winning cycle once you get it in place and uh yeah, we're definitely seeing seeing it in volleyball. I think we see it in men's basketball. And Rob Nielsen's uh, going to get whatever he wants. It, Rob Rob Nielsen does not yeah. need to go hat in hand. He he's <laughs> he, yeah. he sends in the call. He's going to get it because he's winning games. Yeah. And that is it's yeah. it's going to be the same thing for Manny Martins if the soccer team keeps improving. And we're going to talk about them when their score goes final here in a little bit. They're playing as we're recording. Um, that is the case. If you win, you will the Utah State will support it, and that that has been. Yeah. That has long been the deal here, um, and I think it's only going to get more significant with with new with new leadership. Um, anyway, let's talk football. Let's talk Utah State versus Fresno State uh, Friday night. So 
probably either tonight or tomorrow night as you're hearing this, depending on how quickly I get this thing edited and posted. Um, one of the biggest home games of the season for Utah State, certainly the biggest one thus far. Uh, Fresno State coming in 5-1. and one. Not at the top of the standings in the conference anymore after losing last week to Wyoming, but still one of the best teams in not just the Mountain West, but probably in the G5 this season. They have two Power 5 wins over Arizona State, who they shut out, and Purdue, um, both on the road. This is, you know, recently and, and even beyond that, one of the best programs in the conference. Uh, Jeff Tedford is not, I don't think, new to anyone <laughs> in in the Mountain West. He's been here before. He's now in his second tenure as Fresno State's head coach, and it looks a lot like the first. He's winning games. They're scoring points. They are athletic. They are talented. They're good at what they do, and Utah State, I think, knows that it has a pretty big challenge on its on its plate here as it prepares to uh, to go back out and try to extend its now two-game winning streak to three games, and maybe parlay it into a very, very, I will say very favorable uh, stretch of games here coming up. They've got They've got three in a row with uh, at San Jose State, at San Diego State, and uh, Nevada at home that are very winnable, very, very winnable games. And I, I think that the momentum you could get from winning this is not lost on Utah State. This is a big one. This is a really, really big game for both of these teams. This is a huge game. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I think particularly for the Aggies with uh, looking beyond this game, which you're not supposed to do, but we're not coaches or players, yeah. so we do what we want. Um, looking at the schedule after this game, it's uh, you could really pick up a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence and a lot of swagger, uh, which is a, it's a good thing. This team thrives on on swagger, as we've seen. Um, really, a big game. Fresno State does come in as a slight favorite. Uh, they are really, really good. Don't don't be fooled. They are very, very good. Um, but as we learned last week, they're not invincible. Um, they are beatable. It's a, it, this is a fun matchup, I think, historically. Um, for those that have been around Utah State, I think there's a special place in um, maybe our heart, may, maybe not so much, maybe just somewhere <laughs> else in our memory of Utah State's first year in the Mountain West, of course, um, playing in our, our, you know, our very first season, getting to the championship game, and, of course, losing to Fresno State. Um, it's it, they're, they're a fun program. I think Utah State's a fun program, and it's a, it's a game that, I, I I would play these guys every year, honestly. I think it's a it's a sneaky fun rivalry. Um very big game this Friday. Friday the thirteenth, it's gonna be uh Yeah. It's gonna be a crazy it's it's gonna be a really, really fun night. Great I, atmosphere, yeah. I think. I have not yet seen an announcement from Utah State that this game is sold out. That is the goal. That is what they want this to to be. They are really going all out to try and make that the case. I'd be pretty surprised if it's not either sold out or very close to it. I think this is going to be probably the best attended game of the season thus far and probably the best attended game at Utah State in a little while. You know, I don't know that they sold out any games yeah. last year. They might have sold out or gotten close to selling out the UConn game um, before uh, before everybody kind of realized what was going on, I think. <laughs> um, and it was really loud. It was really, really loud at that game. That was the first game I was ever in, in, in Maverick Stadium, and I was I was blown away. Um, and I think that this is going to be a raucous environment. This is, you know, it's, it's, it's not just Utah State's players and coaches who recognize the potential importance here and, and how much this one could be really a, a catalyst for the rest of the season going into the back half of the schedule, going into the rest of the Mountain West Conference play. 
Um, it's wide open. It's wide open if you win this one. And, and I think that that, that yeah. is, that is well understood. Um, and you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you mentioned the, some of the, you know, the matchup history here and the kind of quiet half rivalry, half just good game. That's usually between good teams. These are two of the better programs in the conference historically, since they, they joined a year apart. Fresno state was in, in 2012, Utah state joined in 2013 they were, of course, conference mates in the WAC before that, and they played every year when they were in the WAC. Um, I was uh, I was not surprised necessarily because of the way that the divisions were structured in the Mountain West. They're no longer like this um, with no divisions, and, and you're not going to see this happen anymore. But uh, in terms of actual regular season games, since these two joined the Mountain West, four. There have been four of them. They played in 2015 and 2016, and then again in 2019 and 2020. Um, that's not very many. <laughs> that's just not very many matchups, and I'm I'm glad that they're that they're changing the way that it works so that you get two games against uh, at least two games against every other conference team uh, within a three year span. That's much better. There's there's no reason yeah. for teams that were in a conference together for a decade to have only met four times in the regular season. Yeah, while they're still in the same conference, it's just a different conference. Like that is very weird. Um, and even just from like a bigger um you know you know where i'm I'm getting off topic now but a little bit but like even just from like a broader view they are uh fresno state and utah state really kind of similar schools with a similar uh um uh, feel to it vibe to it um kind of similar fan base too they're both kind of nestled in these valleys that are hotbeds of agricultural um, output they kind of pride themselves on being from the valley uh you know fresno state's whole thing is pride of the valley and um, you know, Utah state is very proud to be, you know, call cash Valley home. So it's, yep. they're, they're really kind of two fun programs that, as you've mentioned that we've been conference mates for a very, very long time. Uh, I, I really wish this game was played more often. It's always a fun time when we play them. It's been some really good matchups when, uh, when these two schools meet, but, uh, it, it's a blast. These, these guys are fun. Yep. And I do actually have, uh, we mentioned this earlier. I do have a live soccer update here real quick. Um, cause the, I was just waiting on the final score here, uh, Utah state two, Fresno state zero shut out at home, uh, get a, uh, another goal from summer diamond who seemingly scores pretty much every game. Um, it, it seems he's just, she's just good for a goal a game pretty much as yep. a, as a true freshman. Um, and Utah state gets the win, moves the five and two in mountain West play and, uh, solidifies its, uh, its hold on the number three spot right now in the conference. Uh, good win for them. Yeah, awesome, awesome win for uh, for the soccer team. We talked a little bit about them uh, earlier on, but just, you know, it, it's worth mentioning again, a very solid program under Manny Martins. He's done a fantastic job building that into something that um, is really a, real, a really strong program. Um, and he, uh, yeah, they, they deserve props. And, you know, now in third place in the Mountain West behind only San Diego State and Boise State. Um they're doing really, really well as well. It's and it, they have a lot of energy. It's a fun program as well. Yep. All right. Let's talk about this game. Let's talk about the matchups here, and we're gonna start where we usually do, seemingly in this in this conference and with this schedule. We we've you know Utah State has seen its its share of unique offenses, but in recent weeks it has been a lot of passing attacks. It has been a lot of good passing attacks. James Madison has a good passing attack. Idaho State only has a passing attack. Colorado State is in the same boat. And we'll start here with the Fresno State passing attack, which is the focus of the offense. It is not as extreme 
as Colorado State's is because they have good running backs and instead of, you know, bad ones. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they are still a sure. pass-first offense, and they're going to be doing that here almost certainly without their starting quarterback. It's a backup battle. Um, Mikey Keene left the game against Wyoming in the fourth quarter with an ankle injury. He he just, I think he took a hit on a on a pass and, and left the game, and it's not necessarily a question of, like, he can throw, right? He he can he can throw on it if he needs to. I don't know which ankle it was, um, but it's an issue of mobility. It's an issue of as as Tedford said, not really being able to move around and and protect himself. Um, and he's not practiced this week, and I don't think he's going to play here. I would be pretty pretty surprised if he plays in this game. I think he's going to travel, but he is likely out, which means the starting quarterback duties will fall as they did last year when Jake Hayner missed four games, uh, to Logan Fife, junior Logan Fife. He, his stats last season, if you just look at completion percentage and yards, were pretty good, 70% completion rate for 900 yard, almost 900 yards. Uh, the other stats are not quite so good. He had six interceptions to two touchdowns, and Wyoming took advantage of that this year. When he went into that game in the fourth quarter, he threw one to basically end the game. Um, in, in that one, I think he had like 68 yards, seven of 11 passing. He is a, he's a limited passer. He is a limited passer. He's a better athlete and a better runner, I think, than Keen is. And he can extend plays a little bit more, but as a, as a passer, he just doesn't really throw the ball all that well. He doesn't throw with a ton of anticipation. The downfield passing game is pretty much non-existent with him back there. He was one of 12 passing, uh, with four interceptions on those 20-plus yards down the field last season. They really just didn't do it at all against Wyoming, and that is its not a huge part of the Jeff Tedford offense. They do a lot of play action. They do a lot of dink-and-dunk stuff. They, they like to They like to create mismatches, and a lot of those mismatches are not going to happen 20, 30 yards down the field, but he's not doing it. He's not throwing the ball down the field. I think it will really just not be a part of the the passing attack here and that's a pretty big deal. That is that is a, you know, that condenses the field for the defense and makes things a lot easier on your, you know, on your coordinators. Yeah, it makes things easier for the coordinators and helps helps out our defense that looked very very good last week against a what I thought was a formidable passer yeah. uh, with the Colorado State offense and uh, Braden Fowler and Nicolosi. Uh, we we made him very, very uncomfortable in his own skin. Uh, now we get the chance to hopefully do the same against a backup quarterback um, with, you know, Logan Fife. Yeah. I will say uh, Mikey Keene is a very, very good quarterback. Logan Fife has, you know, had the opportunity now to play backup to two of, uh, well, one of probably the best quarterbacks in Fresno State history and Jake Hayner. He was fantastic for the Bulldogs in his career. Um, and then, and then again, back up to Mikey Keene, who's very good as well. Um, I'm excited to see what Logan Fife can do. You mentioned last year, his, his stats, he had a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. I am, um, I I'm thinking and assuming that he's going to come out a lot crisper than he was last year with a year of development and, and things like that, but yeah. definitely an opportunity for Utah state's secondary to, to make it a long night for him. Um, the passing attack is something that uh, it's not as extreme as some of the teams that we've played, uh, namely Colorado State last week, because they can't run the ball. Uh, Fresno State still has relied on their passing attack uh, somewhat heavily, heavily. They're more balanced, but um, I, I do like the passing attack from Fresno State. 
Uh, but I like it under Mikey Keene. I don't know if I like it as much under Logan Fife. We will see how how he handles a really good defense. Yeah, and and the you know part of the strength of the passing attack is the receivers. It has been for years, and this is a different group than the one that they have relied on in those years. They lost those guys. They have replaced them with. I think three or four new starters. I don't know if Eric Brooks counts as a returning starter, um, but they're good. They're still good. Eric Brooks and Jalen Gill, who I mentioned a couple weeks ago in the slot, are are quick, are difficult to stick with. They get open very nicely. They're they're they got good hands. They're both reliable. Um, on the outside, Mac Delena and uh, Jalen Moss have been pretty good for them. Moss a little bit more than Delena, but they're both solid. Um, they are both important parts of the offense. They'll throw the ball to all four of them. They got three guys over 30 receptions this year and a fourth over 20. Uh, Trey Watson, the tight end, is involved somewhat as like a safety valve. He's He'll get the ball underneath. He's, he's averaging like seven yards of a reception. Um, but he is involved. He's got like 16, 16 catches on the, on the year. Um, and, and so those guys are still good. Those guys are still going to be difficult for Utah State to cover. But I think you correctly point out and Blake Anderson pretty much said as much on Monday, the game plan for the defense does not change a ton. I think there's probably going to need to be more focus this week than stop on, on stopping the run than there was last week because, you know, we're going to talk about the rushing attack. It's solid. It's not the focus of the offense. It's not one of the better running attacks in the country statistically, but it's explosive. There are guys there who can make plays, and, and that is going to be a bigger factor in this game. But as for trying to defend the pass, as for trying to take away the strength of the offense, I think you do it the same way. I think that you take pretty much the same approach that you took against Colorado State if you're Utah State's defense. And the approach that you referenced earlier was that Utah State was absolutely just, it was in Braden Fowler Nicolosi's head the entire game. He was not himself and it was because of things that Utah State did. It was because of the way in the first quarter specifically they sent pressure at him. They sent a lot of pressure at him. They sent two linebackers. They sent one linebacker. They sent just a variety of rushes. Other times they sent three, and they dropped eight into coverage and let him pretty much just run himself out of the plays and let him overthink it and, and not want to not want to make a mistake. Um, and then that was the other thing was varying the coverages. Uh, Anderson described it as changing the pitches. I think that that is exactly the approach that you take against an inexperienced quarterback and one in Fife who does not really read the game all that well. That's not that's not really his style. He's just much more of a, a you know a playmaker, an extender of plays, somebody who, if somebody's open, he's probably going to see it and hit him. But if you change the picture. He just hasn't played that much. He's He's got more experience than a lot of backups. He served in this role, like you said, last year. But he's not a super well-refined quarterback as a guy who's reading defenses, as, as the the mental side of the game. And he's limited as, as a passer, but he's also limited as a pass reader. Um, and I think that that is the approach. He was not good under pressure last year. He was 11 of 23 passing for 157 yards and four interceptions when under pressure. Um, this offensive line has starters back. I think it has four guys who are healthy and back from last year. A fifth also returned but has not played recently. Um, they had a bunch of injuries on the line last year, and so they had a bunch of starters. But this line has had way too many blown assignments. They're 107th nationally in sacks allowed with 16 through six games. 
um, you get pressure. You get pressure in different ways. You change the picture for him. You get in his head and you make him overthink it when you drop into standard coverages later in the game. When you're playing man, when you're dropping into a pretty normal cover three, it looks different because you have changed the picture early on and he doesn't trust what he sees. That's what they did against Fowler Nicolosi and it worked perfectly and he was he was ineffective for pretty much the entire game because of it. Um, that is the that is the game plan. I, I, and I think it's going to be the game plan here just as it was last yeah. week. Yeah, I mean, you laid it out perfectly that's that's exactly what this utah state team is going to try to be doing uh you're taking a quarterback who's uh prone to throwing interceptions and he's not good under pressure and he has an offensive line that that tends to give pressure up um you have guys like ike larson simeon harris devin died that are uh they're licking their lips at this um he you know last year you mentioned he threw six interceptions for two and two touchdowns uh, that is an atrocious ratio. Uh, we have guys, Ike Larson has three picks on the season so far. Devin Dye has two. Um, I think Switzer, Simeon Harris, and Jaden Francois all have another. Uh, this is a this is a secondary that likes to to grab a grab a ball out of the air if they can do that. Um, they uh, Utah State hasn't shown that they can put pressure on quarterbacks consistently. They did a great job last week, uh, and they have an opportunity to do so again this week. Um, I think you you have you have guys on this team that are going to make it a very very difficult uh, a task for Logan Fife to make completions and uh, I have a feeling that if they if they do their job on defense you're going to have Fife feeling relieved when the ball hits the turf and that's never the position you want your quarterback to be in uh, because it means he's throwing too many to the other shirts so yep um, definitely an opportunity it's it's by no means are these guys an easy team to play against, but that matchup is uh, favorable for Utah State if they can do their job, put pressure on the quarterback, uh, and maybe rush him into some bad throws. We have guys in the backfield that'll uh, that'll flip the field pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and Wyoming had a lot of success, especially early on in the game with forcing three and outs, which Utah State did a really good job of last week. That's going to be yeah. a big part of it as well is – Winning on those early downs, making it very difficult for, you know, for, for Logan Fife on third and 11 or third and eight or bad passing situations where he really has to beat you down the field and you have, you've made that harder because he doesn't want to throw the ball, right? <laughs> like that's, that's, that was the key. And, and I think that that was, that was what Wyoming did. Even against Mikey Keene, they were able to do that. And Wyoming's defense is obviously very different than Utah State's. But it's it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to getting pressure from different looks, getting pressure with four sometimes, getting pressure up front, getting the, the defensive line to continue uh, building on the momentum that I think it started to find last week. And, and not even just sacks, but pressures, making it difficult, getting a hand in his face, changing the picture in the back end and, and, and making him doubt the passing attack, making him doubt what he's seeing down the field. That's going to be the key. I think that's probably the biggest thing of the game. Um, right up there with it, though, is going to be the other side of that matchup. It's going to be the Utah State passing attack against the Fresno State pass defense. This defense is good. It has been good all season. Um, but it's weaker against the pass than it is against the run, and you see that in the you know the, the, the highest output games of the season against this defense, which came from Purdue and Eastern Washington. Those are, those are two teams that like, to, that like to pass the ball, that have done so successfully and, and did so here. 
by spreading the defense out, by going with a lot of, you know, a lot of passing, by moving the ball around to a lot of different guys, making them worry about a lot of things that you can do all over the field, backing them up, and then you can run the ball. But you, you need to be able to, you need to be able to threaten them down the field first. And I think that that's probably going to be Utah State's number one goal here offensively is is getting into that tempo, getting into being able to run more on this defense, spreading them out, but starting that with a crisp passing attack, and that has to start from kickoff. It can't just start in the second or third quarter. The offensive line has to figure things out earlier. Cooper Lega has to be into a rhythm earlier. Um, you can't waste a ton of time against these guys. You got to do it early. You got to get into that early and set yourself up down the stretch to be able to run the ball and, and, and take some more time off the clock. Um, and I, I think it probably needs to start, as we have talked about a couple times on the show, with six guys blocking on every play. It has to be Brock Lane in there blocking on every play. He's an extra tackle, essentially, in pass protection. He's got to be out there, and I, I think he's got to be doing that early on in the game. They need the offensive line to be up for the task. This is not an amazing pass rushing unit, but it's more than good enough to take advantage if Utah State comes out as slowly as it has up front this season. Yeah, it's uh, you mentioned it's this is a battle of the backup quarterbacks this week. Uh, of course, Cooper Lega will be. Uh, I don't know that it's been announced any more officially than than they're going to say, but it's yeah. Uh, McKay Hillstead is not going to be back for this week. Um, dealing with kind of a similar thing, I think both teams are with their starter. Um, who may or may not have been good to go at some point, but on a short rest, you're not going to, you know, if McKay or, you know, Mikey Keene gets clear, you know, gets clear on Wednesday, that's too late. Yeah. Uh, your game's in two days. And so uh, you're definitely going to see both backup quarterbacks going at it. Um, Utah State's passing attack versus the Fresno State pass defense, it really does come down to what version of Cooper Lega are we getting and when are we getting him? Yeah. Um, this is not a game that Cooper can take the entire first quarter um, figuring out how to get settled in and to stop being fidgety and to, to start playing football. He's got to come out ready to go. When Cooper is at his best, he is more than a formidable backup. He is a very, very good quarterback. Um, when he's at his worst, he, he, makes the th- uh, he makes it very hard on his teammates on, on both sides of the ball. Um, He's got to come out ready to uh, to make some very crisp passes. He's got to be able to push the ball downfield because that is one uh, potential weakness that that you can pick apart with this Fresno State defense. Um, but we got This is we've talked about it. It's you got to come out ready to play. Um, last week, I think the defense did a very good job at doing that. The offense has to be able to start start quick because you can't spot these guys seventeen. 12, seven, you can't spot these guys points. You got to come out a lot faster and a lot stronger than you have all year. Yep. And and I think that if they can do that, if they can win up front against a, a good, not great defensive line, Devo Bridges is the best of the bunch at defensive end. He's, he's, you know, the strength of the line, the tackles, uh, Johnny Hudson Jr. And uh, Gabriel, Gabriel, I don't, let me look at the pronunciation guide. Um, Let's see here. If I can find him, yeah, Gabriel Lightfoot is—they're fine. Those tackles are both fine. They're—they're they're better against the run than they are against the pass, which makes sense because they're both bigger guys. 
Um, Lightfoot is uh, 6'4", 299 pounds. Hudson is 6'3", 309. He's a big boy. Um, and so they get, mo- they get most of their pass rush from the ends and mostly from bridges. Uh, Isaiah Johnson, who came into the season as the starter opposite him, has been dinged up. He is questionable. I would be kind of surprised if he played in this game. It's been a couple weeks since he has been on the field. Um, in his place has been uh, Charles Rimmingier. Uh, is that... He had a lot of weird pronunciations on this name, on this team. I think it's it might just be Reminger. Um, he's okay. He's fine. He's he's not really a specialty pass rusher. He is a he's a capable player though. He's an older guy, uh, senior still. Just he's usually the kind of guy you would want to be your third defensive end, the guy who comes in for depth, not necessarily a top end starter. Um, so it's going to be a lot of bridges, and I think that that is probably the guy you would want Brock Lane chipping on every play. That's probably the guy that you would want to yeah, be focusing yeah. on as you start this game. If Utah State can do that, if it can get past the pass rush, there has been room to work against this this back six, back seven, and there's going to be, I think, probably even more this week than there has been because the injuries do not stop on offense. It, it, it is, it's rough. It's really, really rough for this Fresno State depth chart right now. Um, Lavelle Bailey, who's I think maybe the best player on this defense at linebacker, excellent, excellent coverage linebacker, has been dinged up. He is also questionable. It would be a surprise if he plays. Um, Raymond Scott, the backup behind him, is a senior. He's been around. He's good. He's not great. Um, he would probably step into that role next to Malachi Langley, who is more of a, you know, more of a run stopper. They're both capable in coverage, but neither of them are Bailey. Um, and then I think more importantly, in the secondary at cornerback, Cam Lockridge's uh, season is over. He's their number one cornerback coming into the year. He was excellent last season, has been excellent throughout his career. I think he might have started his career at Hawaii, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, he has a torn pectoral muscle that will require surgery. He's done for the year. Um, the number two guy at cornerback, Carlton Johnson, is solid. I don't know that you would necessarily want him to be your number one corner, but they don't really have much choice in the matter. Um, as is uh, nickelback Maurice Norris Jr., which I'll, I'll just say he should go by Morris. He should be Morris Norris. Um, I, I, I get, you know, the name is pronounced how it's pronounced, but... Morris Norris is a really cool name. Maurice Norris is 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 not quite doesn't have the same punch. I want Morris Norris at Nickelback, um, but the issue here he's fine. He's a good Nickelback. You still don't want him in single coverage with Terrell Vaughn because that's not a good matchup for anybody in America as a Nickelback. Yeah, nobody, um, nobody. But, uh, the issue here for them, the issue has been for them in the secondary. Um, Alzillian Hamilton, who's a sophomore, he. Uh, he was not ready, I don't think, to step into the role that he has to fill here. Not the biggest guy in the world, 5'11", 183. He's just been picked on. He's there's. I don't really know that there's another way to say it. He's been picked on a lot since stepping into that role to uh, to help fill in in the starting lineup. He's a talented guy, and I think he probably will figure it out at some point, but he's not done it yet, and there's a lot of room to work for somebody like Micah Davis. Or yep. if they make the mistake of putting him on Jalen Royals, uh, Jalen Royals, <laughs> that is that's not a good matchup. It's just not. And and I don't really know. 
I don't know that there are a ton of good matchups here for, for Fresno State on the back end because of how good Utah State's wide receivers are. The safeties yeah. have also been kind of a revolving door. Dean Clark is a consistent starter and good in coverage. But um, Stephen uh, Comstock, I think is his name, uh, played three snaps uh, against Wyoming. I think he's probably dinged up from what I've gathered. There's not a ton on him right now. Um it would be Cameron Braca who would replace him as the as the starter. That's what that's who played against Wyoming. He's he's okay. He's a junior. He's not played a ton. He is definitely not as good in coverage as either of the two uh, intended starters. There's there's a lot of room to work here against a dinged up secondary, yeah. especially without yeah. Bailey. They that that is a big big loss for them if he can't go. Yeah, it's well. So first of all. Um... It's nice to know that Utah State isn't the only team in the world dealing with a little bit of the injury bug. Uh, Utah State is, is a little bit dinged up, but these guys are uh, really dealing really dealing with it. Probably more so, for sure, more so even than than Utah State is. Um, it's football that happens. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a game where you might see. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if you saw something similar to last week where you're just running basically three receivers um, last week was the only three that got a target were Terrell Vaughn, Jalen Royals, Micah Davis. I'm not sure you need more than that. There's definitely room to work beyond that uh, for, you know, your Colby Bowman's and, and things like that. But um, this is probably a game where Brock Lane is more of a blocker than anything. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised. I, I just don't think you need to go, you don't need to go past Terrell Vaughn, Jalen Royals, Micah Davis. Uh, Terrell Vaughn makes anybody a bad matchup. Um, Jalen Royals and Micah Davis could very easily create a bad matchup. Yeah, I'm not sure you need more than that receiving, and you're definitely you're definitely going to need an extra blocker in you know Brock yeah. Lane. We've yeah. mentioned it. You know this is Game Seven, and it's the seventh game in a row. Well, maybe maybe not so much against Idaho State, but. Again, size is not the advantage in this game. So uh, you're, it's it's athleticism, and it's it's going to be numbers if you use Brock Lane accordingly. Yeah, and it, you're really even with just three receivers, you make this team, you make this secondary pick its poison because they have two yep. good coverage corners, and that's not enough. That's that's one that's that's one short of the number that you need. Um, and I don't think they're going to find one in the span of this short week, especially given that they were on the road last week. They did not get back yep. to Fresno until very late. It was a late game in Laramie. That's not a fun place to travel to or from. Um, and so they just haven't had a ton of time. I don't think that one of these guys is likely really to emerge um, that hasn't already shown himself to be good. I don't think that this is the week that Alzillian Hamilton figures it out. And so yeah, you've got yeah. a mismatch with three. You do. And you, I think that probably you need to make it work with three if you're Utah State at least early on while the line settles in, even if it's healthy, even if it's close yeah. to healthy. We've seen it yeah. get a lot closer to healthy this last week. It was not all the way there. Falapuleyalo did not play the full game. He did come in late. Um, Tavo Motuapuaka played most of the game but has been dealing with some some discomfort. Wade Meacham played two snaps. If you get your your line, you know, I, I think Cole Motes is probably a longer recovery time. He has been not dressed, not not practicing, not doing any of that stuff. He's in street clothes on the sidelines. I don't know the severity of that injury, but um, you know, being down one starter is a lot easier than being down three or four, and that would be a big help as well. But I, I think it is a bigger focus, and or should be a bigger focus early on, of keeping Laga upright rather than with Brock Lane trying to take advantage of, you know, the 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 potential 
coverage drop-off at, at linebacker if Bailey can't play. You can do that. You can do that probably later in the game. I think early on, you want Lane out there, you probably want Davon Booth out there, and you want them both blocking. You want them helping out, keeping the quarterback upright. Utah State has correctly identified that they should do that as an adjustment in the last two games. I don't know why you don't just go into the game and do that. I don't know why that needs to be an adjustment at this point. That should be the approach. That should be the base until you can get the defense to back off, until you can wear them down a little bit, because the line is just not... With five, it just doesn't really hold up. It, it, it's, it's, it struggles, and I think that there needs to be a greater focus on, like, yeah, if you want to get them off balance, which is what the goal is for Utah State's offense always, but especially against this defense, you need the passing game to work in the first quarter, and it's not going to work with five blockers. It just, it, I, I think we've seen that. I think, we've, I think we get it at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, just in, in terms of, the passing attack versus the pass defense. I this is another one that I I honestly feel good about this matchup. This is it's it's hard to say that anything against this team is favorable, and we we talk about how dinged up they are. Uh, you know, coming off a loss in Laramie, this team was ranked for two weeks. You know, just yep. up until their their loss, they are really good. Um, this this part of the 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 parts of the matchup that we've talked about their passing attack versus our pass defense, our passing attack versus their pass defense. Um, that That's about as favorable as it can get against a team that is still really, really good. So I do feel feel good about our ability to pass the ball. But like you mentioned, like there's some just X's and O's things on that Blake does that don't make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they do what they need to do on both sides of that, it's that's a good good place to start yeah as for the other two parts of this game the rushing attacks for both sides we'll start with fresno state's rushing attack um like we've said it's not the focus of the offense but it is it's it's solid it's capable especially when they're handing the ball off they have taken a lot of sacks that have hurt the per game total yardage i think they're like 116th in rushing yards per game that's not fully reflective um elijah gilliam and malik sherrod are the two halfbacks here uh, Gilliam is more of a power back. Sherrod is all speed. He's like five, eight, 173 pounds. Um, and, uh, th- those two both have more than 300 yards on the season. They're, com- they've combined for, I think 125 carries. Um, when they get the ball, Fresno state averages almost five yards a touch. Um, it's just a matter of <laughs> doing that, which has not always been a focus for this offense. Um, and, and the other issue here is that they're not, super efficient on the ground because of those same weaknesses that we talked about with the offensive line where they're, they're having blown assignments. They're not necessarily picking up all the guys that they should be picking up. They have a, um, their, their stuff rate is really bad. It's 88% allowed stuff rate, which means that they're, they're, you know, 88th Nash or not percent 88th, uh, ranking, uh, their stuff rate is 18.7%, which means that on 18.7% of their runs, they're not getting any yards or they're losing yards. Um, that's bad. That's not a good number. Um, and I think that Utah State could could take advantage of that. Utah State did take advantage of that pretty well against Colorado State and has at times had success doing that. I think that the guys in the second and third level are pretty good at swarming when you give them a lane. Um, Anthony Switzer, obviously, but also MJ Tafisi. Devin Dye has been really good at that. Ike Larson's really good at that. 
They have guys in the secondary, Jaden Francois as well, uh, Simeon Harris at times. They have guys who can who can spill it and go make plays against the run, and I think that that's really going to be key here is setting them up to do that, and that starts with the line. And you need the defensive line again here to get penetration, to be in the right spot, to win at the line of scrimmage, and set everybody else up for success. Um, Fresno State does get some explosive runs, and I think probably will have one or two at least in this game. But if you can make them inefficient, you can make them pass as the the way that they are moving the ball or trying to move the ball consistently, you make things a lot easier on the defense. You'll live with a couple of explosives if you're if you're limited if you're limiting them to two or three yards a carry. Otherwise, getting some stops, getting some tackles for loss, creating some havoc, um, you'll take it. That's a, that's a trade off that I think Utah State would gladly make. But that has to start with the defensive line. It has to start really on the inside of the defensive line with the tackles. And I, I think they were really good against Colorado State. You need to keep that up if you're Utah State. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, starts up front is kind of another one of those. We talk about the football cliches every week. Uh, that's another one of them. The defense, the you know, the ability to stop the run here against this Bulldog team. It starts with our defensive line. Uh, this is a Fresno State team that is desperately, I think, going to try to establish the run Yeah. Um, because I don't know how much they trust Logan Fife to put the ball in the air when you have a guy named Ike Larson wearing the other colors on yeah. the field at the same time. Yeah. Um, they're going to really want to establish that run. If you're Utah state, you want the ball in the air. You want Devin die, uh, you know, Anthony Switzer, Ike Larson to, to have a chance on some of those. I mean, you, you, I'll, I'll take a jump ball with Ike Larson any day of the week. Um, so Utah state really needs to, prevent the Bulldogs from from establishing that run they're gonna have some explosive plays on the ground and probably in the air too I mean it's it's a really good team um but if you can if you can stuff them as often as they've been stuffed this year if you can keep that pattern up if you can prevent them from really getting into rhythm on the ground um forcing five to put the ball in the air it could be a really good thing for Utah State um and it's also it's you know as you mentioned, it's a good trade-off. If we'll take a couple explosive plays, if we're if we're able to stop stop them at or behind the line of scrimmage, most of the time they're on the ground. Yeah, um, that's a winning recipe. You know, <laughs> don't give up very many yards and make them pass the ball against Ike Larson is a, probably the best winning recipe you could come up with. So, um, getting that defensive line to really settle in, penetrate prevent them from getting big yards and, and getting into rhythm on the ground could be uh, probably one of the keys to this game, I think. Yeah, I, 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 that's, that's, it's totally fair, and I think it could be one of the kind of the quiet keys coming in because right, right. You know, the rushing attack has not been the, the, again, not been the focus of the offense, is not traditionally what Jeff Tedford wants to do. His system is his system. And they have said, pretty much everybody who has been asked about it, both on the Fresno State side and Blake Anderson said this, that, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, the offense is the offense. If that's their approach, then Utah State has a very good chance to win this game. The offense should not be the offense with Logan Fife at quarterback. Yes, yeah. The offense should be different. <laughs> and, and you know, maybe it will be. Maybe, maybe they will do that. But there is there is something to be said for, like, if that's what the plan is, Fresno State has another thing, I think another thing coming, because that is, that's, it's just not, I don't think it's the right approach with this quarterback. I don't think that he's that specific kind of guy. And I think that's a big part of why they went two and three with him as the starter last year. That's, you know, it's, there's a direct line there from, from record to quarterback and to quarterback, not really being able to do that. Um, 
And so I think if they know that, if they come in and they want to run the ball, like like I think they, they probably should, like I would do in, in this situation. I'm not smarter than Jeff Tedford, but it seems pretty clear that you, you'd need to help that quarterback out a little bit more. He is a capable runner. Um, involve him, you know, do that. And, and I think that Utah State will be ready for that and needs to be ready for that. And being ready for, for defending the run is really about patience is about discipline is about being in the right place and then of course at the point of contact uh, tackling and putting guys on the ground and doing it you know when you're alone just by yourself doing it handling yourself Devin Dye does a really good job of this other defensive backs have not been quite so good about it Um, and, and when you can keep guys from being alone doing that getting bodies to the ball getting guys in the right place keeping them in their gaps being disciplined not letting those cutbacks happen this is a slower developing rushing attack by design um, you just got to be patient. You got to be patient and, and, and create those gaps up front for second and third level players to run through. Utah State can do it. We've seen them do it. It's just this run defense has been kind of inconsistent this year. And I think they need it to be, they need it to be on here lest they kind of bail Fresno State out. I, I, I think that letting them run the ball is a really good way to bail them out. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah, force their hand a little bit. They have Logan Fife on the roster. Make them, make them use them. Make them put the ball in the air. Um, uh, it's it, it is hard to read what they're trying to say because you know, yeah, on the one hand, the offense is the offense, but is Tedford really you know like is he really not going to change his game plan based on who's on the field? Like that seems really weird to me. I think he's smarter than that. Um, and you know what if that's his game plan then then cool i'm not gonna stop you never stop your enemy when he's making a mistake right but um i do think it would be a disservice to utah state to to just let them run on the ground knowing that that's not their focus um because you you would be bailing them out of a potentially dire situation with probably not being able to throw the ball very well with uh with fife against some of our secondary guys so yep you definitely don't want to don't want to bail them out Yep. Last one here, last of the four, is the Utah State rushing attack against the Fresno State rush defense. This is at the bottom because I think it has to come later if it's going to come at all for Utah State. Um, Fresno State's run defense is good. It's really good. They have all that size up front. It will stay good even without Bailey. They would love to have him, but they have size at linebacker. They tackle well at all three levels. Um, The run defense is structurally sound, and I think that it is less damaged by the injuries than the past defense is um they have they've done a really good job against the run this year and they have for a while now this has been a a hallmark of that defense they have size they have athleticism they have a lot of length they're hard to deal with up front um their their defensive line stats specifically against the run are excellent um eighth nationally enforced stuff rate 12th in average line yards per play 16th in open field yards per play they're good they're good at, at all three levels uh, on on the run defense and the you know the stats really really bear that out for them they 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 do it well and it's hard to run against these guys I think that for you know for Utah State the key is going to be setting up other things first is going to be being able to pass the ball moving that second and third level back off the line wearing them down and then you can run and that has been the key for Utah State for a lot of this season it's it doesn't change here you you got to do other things first I think before you can really start to start to grind out yards you got to wear them down a little bit because if everybody is is at full strength taking nice deep breaths Utah State doesn't have a great shot of running the ball consistently here it's just not the way that the team is really built it's not the way that the line is built I think the halfbacks are up for it it's just everybody else 
Yeah, this is a game. I mean, that should be Utah State's game plan every game anyway is, uh, you know, this is designed to be a pass-heavy offense that wears you down and then can run the ball easier later in games when the other guys are just gassed. Um, I, I would say uh, Fresno State's run defense, I would I would say that they're really good to great. I don't know if saying they're good is quite enough because I think Utah State's rush game is good. Yeah. Um, but Fresno State's rush defense, I think, is better. I, I think they're really, really good um, at stopping the run, which, as you kind of mentioned, you know, it's never it's never fine or good or okay to not be able to run the ball. Um, but with this matchup like that, that shouldn't be a huge deal. Like if we, you know, we 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 can take what they'll give us. Uh, if we just have to use Devon Booth as another blocker uh, to protect Coop and let him. Yep. throw the ball downfield if that's what's there i'll yep. take it play to the strengths um, if, play play to the mismatch yeah. right the mismatch is not yep. on the inside it's just the, yeah. the, the the wide receivers are better than those cornerbacks you don't need to ram your head into the wall don't make it harder yeah. on yourself yeah and this is this is a part of the game that if cooper isn't able to uh connect on some of these deep balls and able to throw the ball this part of the game our rushing attack versus their rush defense becomes much more important um because i do think this is you're not going to be able to force this. This one's going to be pretty tough. Yeah. Um, we are going to be able to establish something later in the game, I think, just because of how fast we play. Um, but we just got to take what's there. And yeah. I think what's there is going to be the ability to pass the ball. This rushing defense is good. They're they're really good at stopping you. But if you can establish the run or the uh, the throw, um, it's going to be a lot easier for Utah State on, on all accounts. Yeah, and it's not like they it's, – it's not necessarily just that they create a bunch of – you know, tackles in the backfield. Their havoc rate is good. They're 31st nationally, but the strength here is stopping you, is making it very, very hard to be efficient on the ground. They're 27th nationally in, in rushing success rate allowed. They're great on standard downs. Um, they, it's a little bit, there's a little bit more room to get explosiveness here on the ground, which has been a strength for Utah State. But again, it's going to be later. It's going to be later in the game just by, by, really by necessity, I, I think. And, and there's no reason, like I said, to ram your head against the wall. You just, just take, take what's there, take what you're being given. Don't come in with a specific, you know, a specific plan that when you see that it doesn't work, that you, you refuse to go away from, be willing to adjust yeah. to what you're yeah. seeing. Um, if they're, yeah. if they're selling out to try and if they, they're you know, we got to take away the passing attack. Um, we got to drop seven, eight into coverage. Then yeah, run the ball. There's, there's room, but if yeah, we have the guys to do it. Yeah, if, if they're if they're putting six in the box to start the game, there's no reason to run on them. You've got the advantage against the five in the backfield. Just do that. Just yep. <laughs> just do that. It's fine. Yep. There's nothing wrong Feels with just there. with just doing that. Your receivers are better than their cornerbacks. It's it's a pretty simple football. This, football doesn't have to be that hard all that all you know all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it can yeah, be. It's... Sometimes it can be that your guys are better than the other guys. <laughs> and... it, it doesn't always have to be chess. Sometimes it can just be football. Yeah, it's fine. It's just sometimes football is football. Yeah. Well, Terrell Vaughn is faster. And and um, that's it. <laughs> that's that's the entire equation. The yeah, he's faster yeah. and he's open and he catches the ball when it's thrown to him. That's it. <laughs> Just... And then he catches it and he keeps running. And yeah. then sometimes he'll get all the way to that blue stripe on the end yeah. of the field. That's and it. it's a good thing for the yeah. team. There's the game. That's some, yeah. yeah, that's if they don't cover him right, then he's open. And <laughs> when he's open, he's probably going to score. And if not, he's going to get a lot of yards. Um, it, it's Utah State needs to be 
efficient, it needs to be punchy in the passing game. It needs to come out punchy. Yeah. It needs to come out quick and opportunistic. You can't well. wear the defense down without first downs. You, you got to yeah. be able to move the chains. You got to be able to get into yeah. that flow. You can't go fast if you're punting on four, you know, on the fourth play every time you go out there. If you're taking sacks on first down, if you're if you're getting behind the chains, and that has been the issue all year for this offense, and they they just. I would I would really like to see those adjustments that fix it that have fixed it consistently throughout the year as the game plan. That it doesn't need to be an adjustment. Just do it. Just just do what works. There's no reason to be embarrassed about it. There's no reason to, you know, try to try to try to fit a square peg into the round hole. If you have three really good receivers and a tight end who blocks really well and a running back you trust in pass protection, just do that. It's fine. It's it's, it's that's yeah. the thing that works. Yeah. In a game like this where you're trying to beat a team that is more talented, when you're trying to spring an upset, even when they're hurt, they are more talented. It would be an upset. Um, you don't need to make it harder on yourself. You don't need to give them the advantage of playing away from your strengths of trying to establish everything all at once, right? Just do what works until they stop it, and then you can do something else. I don't know that this is really the kind of game like last week's was where Utah State got into its offense by running, by by grinding out yards Maybe you can wear them down enough that you can do that, um, but it's it's. I don't think that's going to be on the first drive. I don't think that this defensive line is going to be gasping for air after two plays, right? Especially if the two plays are a sack and a an incomplete an, inc- an incomplete screen pass, which is yeah. seemingly the approach on on the first drive of the game. Usually is um, run for zero yards, screen pass that goes five yards out of bounds, and then a sack on third down. Just don't call those plays. Just do something else. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, just... I'm tired of Blake Anderson calling for a sack on the first drive. Yeah, What's stop doing? doing that. That's a bad I'm call. <laughs> stop. Gain yards. Yeah. Stop calling the sack play. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> You're going and in the wrong direction. Away from it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going in the wrong direction. Yeah I, yeah, I I think that if it's going to... If you have a matchup you like, and there are matchups to like here for Utah State, there's yeah. no reason not to play to those. You don't need to uh, you don't need to try and be something that you're not. And I think that they got a, a much much better understanding of that against Colorado State, which is why they won the yeah. game by 20 points and should have won by more. Could um, be more, yeah. Like, just do what you're good at. <laughs> just do <laughs> yeah. play the way that you need to play. Play defensively. Go you know go create havoc and and make things difficult. Change the picture understand that you have six defensive backs on the field and that's a strength it doesn't need to be a weakness just play to it and it's the same thing for the offense just do what works yeah that's what i'm having a really hard time with because like i i have to keep reminding myself like fresno state is the better team like far and away they are um espn power index i think has them at like 54 uh yeah 54 we're in the 80s um they they're a really good team and I have to keep reminding myself that we're, yeah, we're 86 just because the matchup I think is as favorable as it can be for a team that's less good and less talented against a team that's, that's more talented. Yeah. Um, we have a really, really strong opportunity. If we play to our strengths, take what's there on offense, um, make, you know, make them throw the ball on defense, play to our strengths. This, this game could go very favorably for the Aggies. Um, Utah state, uh fresno state is a four-point favorite utah state could easily cover if not just win this game straight up yeah um if they play to their strengths and do their job yeah uh they play the way they did execute as well as they did last week 
there's not many teams that can beat them, you know, when they're, when they're playing like they can. Yeah. Um, so I have to keep reminding myself, like these Bulldogs are good. Um, but this, this matchup is a fun one for Utah state. It could really result in a lot of fun on both sides of the ball. And this team plays better when they're having fun. They like having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be a big, you know, this could be a big game. It could yeah. be a huge game. Yeah. Be aggressive. Come out and play your game, not Fresno state's game. Um, and that that really, I, I've not yet made a prediction for the preview. I'm still writing the preview. I really don't know which way I'm going to go with it because (laughs) the, the argument in my head is the same one that you have just described. It it is basically, can Utah state get over itself? (laughs) Can Utah state just, just embrace the things that it is good at? I'm, I'm, I think Utah State is really hoping that it has taken that lesson from the Colorado State game. And I think that that is the right. biggest thing here is, did you learn that? Did you understand what happened in that game? Did you get that that's what that's the key? That is the approach. It, it, it doesn't need to be something else. It could just be that. And if the guys execute, it will work, and you'll win most of the games that you play. And I think they probably win, win this one if they just do what they're good at and execute it. Um, but staying out of their own way is, I think, probably the biggest the biggest thing here for me. And that's that's crazy to yeah. say yeah. against an opponent that's as good as this one is, even when dinged up. But I think that's what it comes down to. I think the matchups for Utah State are favorable if it just takes them, if it just does it. Yeah. Um, if I'm Fresno State, I am forcing Utah State to score first. I am. I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's how I beat Utah State is – Make them play from ahead. They don't know how to do that. I yeah. <laughs> taking a knee Utah in the end State, zone. <laughs> every time Utah State goes down seventeen, they play like the best team in the country. So if I'm if I'm Fresno State, if I get the ball, I attack punt on first down. Yeah. Give them the ball back. Lay down on defense. Utah State doesn't know what to do when they're up seven. <laughs> Let them score. <laughs> they, they fall apart. It's like it's like a dog chasing a car. It doesn't know what to do if it caught it. You know, like yeah. Then force Utah State to score first and make them play that way. Um, no, but I, I really do. If Utah State plays the way they should, um, plays their own game the way they have without spotting the other team 12 or 17 points, uh, it it could be yeah. – It could be pan- – it, it, it could be a good night. It, it could be, be – yeah, night. pandemonium in, in Logan, I think. I, it that's, could be some pandemonium. I'm, I'm curious. I think you would probably have a better feel for this than than I do. Um, do you think that people would storm the field? Do you think that there would be a, a field I, storm? It's hard to do in that state. I <laughs> hope not. I really, really hope not. Um, this it's, it's unpredictable. I was actually working. Uh, I was on the sidelines during the last year when that, when we came back against air force mm-hmm. and they had us like run around up, uh, you know, the pylons, like right, right. As it hit zero, they're like, grab the pylons. Cause they're going to storm the field and you know, they're going to get stolen. And yeah. they didn't, they, they yeah. knew better. They're like, this is, you know, act like you've been there before. Um, I hope not. They, they're not ranked. Even if they were ranked, it would be like 23, 22. Um, I don't, I, th- I, think I hope if, not. I think if they want, if, if Fresno state won last week and was unbeaten and ranked, it would, that would probably, you know, probably happen. You don't probably, beat it. You yeah. don't get to beat a ton of ranked teams, right? It's just not, yeah. you don't get that many opportunities in the mountain West. I, I think that would be, it would be a possibility. Um, it is like I, like I alluded to for anybody who knows that stadium, it's hard to do that. You're not, you can't just jump down, right? You gotta, you gotta take yeah. the stairs. It's pretty high up that the, the bleachers don't start until 
I don't know exactly how tall it is, but it's 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 up there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's you you, <laughs> you you there's kind of a funnel, and there's lots of stairs, but. Um, it would be, I'm, I'm curious because I did think it was, I also thought last year during the air force game that it was going to happen and it didn't. I think that this could be a, a similar deal. If Utah state wins, we're obviously the horse yeah. is gone. The card is, is we've lost our horse. The card is well, is well ahead of the horse at this point. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it is, uh, it's just, it's something that I'm always, I'm always curious about. I've never been on the field for a, for a storming anywhere. Um, I've seen yeah, one. No, it could be. I, I think I've, I've th- I think I've seen one in person at uh, at Ohio State in 2016 when they beat Michigan in the first ever overtime game between the two. But yeah. that's that's it. That's the only one I've I've seen. I've never seen a court storming either. Um, just one of those things. I guess I've missed on. Oh, I, I don't know. You, I don't know. There's been a, there's been some good ones, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man. Um, I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. This would be a. Like I said, like I do think it's a sneaky big rivalry. I think it's a team and a like it's a team that fans have a lot of respect for. They know they're good. Um, I don't think it's a. I don't know. I think it could feel very similar to the Air Force game last week, where it's going to feel like we do and then we don't. Um, it's going to be pandemonium. It's going to be. You mentioned it at the top of the show. It it should be a very very well attended game. Yeah. Uh, the energy is going to be there. Um, I I would love to see what it looks like in Logan if we get this win. Um, but it, yeah, it, yeah, it'll be Friday uh, the thirteenth, man. You never know. Mid October night game. It's it, it's going to be a crazy. It'll be fun. Another be awesome. uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> another another thing to to consider with not starting down seventeen nothing. You want to keep those stands full. You don't want to just you know funnel yeah, out. Don't. You don't want to funnel people out of the top of the stands at the very beginning of the game because you're down seventeen nothing six minutes in. Keep them there. <laughs> you know that's been a problem. Is like the the announced attendance is always higher than the actual number of people who are there at the end of the game because a bunch of people yeah. leave when they go down seventeen nothing six minutes into the game. Don't do that yeah okay yeah but also like the fans come on we should know better we've done this every game <laughs> yeah that's when you point, should be getting here yeah don't stop tailgating until we're down 17 and then come into the stadium yeah. don't leave yeah first that's time you, you should show up yeah the first time you hear cheers you can come into the stadium just don't do it until then <laughs> yeah. just, just wait yeah. until there's a wait until you hear that it's another first down and then you can come in uh yeah it's, it's depending on when that um, is in the game just just wait until yeah. you hear the well, pa announcer say the first that quarter. That would be that would be a good step for Utah State to have a first down in the first quarter. It's crazy that we're talking about them winning this game while doing that, but that has been the case. <laughs> They've nearly done it several times against this, good teams. They almost did it against James Madison. It's this team is weird. Man. This team is weird. <laughs> this team is weird. Um, let's roll through uh, the Mountain West here real quick. Um, not a, give me one second. I'm looking at. I'm trying to see the uh, the tickets to see if I can see about how many. Me. Um, yeah, I uh, my the little app that I look at don't doesn't doesn't list it like ESPN does. Um, yeah, it's not it's not going to give me a good. No, I thought I could get a good gauge. It'll be it'll be well attended though. It'll be very close to a sellout. Yeah, I know they're also doing a, a really cool promotion uh, because it is like the Cancer Awareness Night. They're giving uh, tickets out to people who currently have cancer who have beaten it, which is really awesome. That yeah, it's very very cool. Yeah. Yep, should be a really good environment. Um, yeah, hoping to see yeah. a sellout. It, it doesn't. It doesn't happen a ton. I think that this is a game that deserves it. Um, no idea what's going to happen. No clue. I'm not going to give you a prediction because I don't know. Um, Mountain West here, real quick. Not a very good week in the Mountain West, but 
there is a really good game at the top, and it involves the team that was in a really good game at the top last week. That would be Wyoming heading to Air Force, um, one of the four unbeatens left in the conference. I think one of the best teams firmly in the league, not not just in the league, in in the group of five and also, honestly, in the country. I, I think Air Force is, is that good. They, they deserve to be ranked. Um, they are they're excellent. We've talked about them before. I have kind of a hard time seeing Wyoming do this because you can't really game state these guys in the way that they did Fresno State, right? You can't you can't yeah. really change the Air Force game plan with what Wyoming does because Wyoming is oh no. Oh no, we're in the mud. No, we don't want to be in the mud. Like that's that's where they live. They live in the mud. It's yeah. not you can't yeah. get They're them in a the mud. mud. They're already there. They've got you there. Yeah. You can't not, <laughs> you can't you can't it's trying to trying to outrun these guys is not a good idea. You're trying to outrun Usain Bolt. You're not going to beat him. You just you got to play a different game. And I don't know that Wyoming can do that. I do think Wyoming has the lines to hold up against this, the, really the strength of this Air Force team, which is the, the trench play. Um, but I, I, I worry for Wyoming's sake that it just doesn't quite have what you need to have to really beat Air Force. This is not a game that Air Force usually loses. It's, it's hard to out Air Force them. Yeah, so this is, a ma- this is a matchup. Both teams, in my opinion, are top top among the top teams in the country. It's crazy that neither team is ranked. The winner of this team of this game will almost certainly be ranked at the end of the week. Yeah, and almost um, certainly will be in the Mountain West title game in in December. Almost it would certainly, be, it would yeah. be a pretty big yep. surprise. It would it would take a pretty significant collapse. Wyoming has a tougher schedule moving on than Air Force does, but either yeah, one Air of you, Force it, has a easy schedule. Yeah, Air Force is just about done after this game. <laughs> this is it's uh it's going to be a quiet couple of months for Air Force, I think, after this, but. Um, I think the winner has a has a very clear path and really no reason to uh, to you know not win out. These are I, I said Air yeah. Force was unbeaten. They're both unbeaten. They're currently two of the top four in the conference. Yeah, in, in conference um, yeah. Winner winner I think has to be the favorite to to win the league at this point. I this would be very difficult for it to happen because Air Force has beat us, so they have the tiebreaker and an easy schedule. But if somehow we ended up with a Wyoming Utah State Bridger Battle Mountain West Championship. Um, that might be the most chaotic game of man of all time. That would be awesome. I mean, that, that, that is getting ahead of myself (laughs) one-on-one, but that would be a fun matchup. That is Um, the, um, on this (laughs) podcast, that's the game respect game, uh, of the year, right? We're, we're doing the Jersey swap. We're, (laughs) yeah. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be amazing. I think honestly for Utah state fans keeping an eye on this, which, I'll say one, and I think probably most people are doing this. Um, hold your horses until at least after <laughs> yeah. this week. If Utah State wins this yeah, week, we're then, one and one, right? Yeah. Now. If yeah. Utah State <laughs> wins this week, you can let your imagination wander. You can, you can, you can, you can go nuts with it. But wait until after Friday. Um, if Utah State wins that game, if Utah State wins on Friday, I think probably I don't know the exact math on this, but just based on what I imagine would be the case. I think Utah state fans probably should root for air force to go unbeaten. I, I, I think yeah, that yeah. I think, I don't think you want them to have one loss because then if there are two, one loss teams, they would get the, they would get the tiebreaker. So I think yep. you want air you force want to run the table. to go undefeated or lose two. And that's is not, they're not going to do that. They're, I don't no, think that no they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to lose two games. Cause it's pretty much this and, and Boise state, I think left on that schedule. If I'm remembering correctly, who could really yeah. actually do that. And Boise state's not doing that. Um, yeah, who knows what Boise's doing? 
one this year. They're, yeah. They're weird. They're, uh, they're doing um, something. They're doing yeah, something. So just over there. rooting interest for Utah State. You'd need Air Force to go undefeated to yep. take them the one seed. You have to sneak into the two seed and get that rematch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an uphill battle for sure. I mean, yeah. it's not easy to make the championship game. Otherwise, it wouldn't be, you know, the championship game. But yeah. focusing on this game, I'm, I'm getting all sorts of uh, ahead of myself and I'm all over. Wyoming and Air Force should be awesome. Like, yep. that is that is the game of the week i think to watch that'll be really really fun um in all of just the worst ways it's it's like you said it's gonna be like a mud fight yeah uh, the whole game but yeah really fun so this, this game is a here i'll, I'll give a I'll, i'm not gonna do this for all of them but i have a, an easy uh this is a fall food comparison for this game for you this game is a big old bowl of chili this is the chili game of the week. You guys, this is the chili bowl of the week. Okay, you know what? You said you weren't going to do it for every game. I want, I want one for every game. Okay, <laughs> I want all right. It to be a fall food for every game. This is the this is the chili bowl for yeah. sure. Yeah, just that... a big thick mm. chili bowl of chili. Yeah, nothing better than that, man. We love, we love, a, we love a big fall bowl of chili. I got to put a pot on of that sometime soon. I'm, I'm getting hungry thinking about a big bowl of chili. Um, yep. coming soon to the, to the Mayhorn household, a, a giant crock pot full of chili, um, that lasts me three <laughs> in weeks. Honor of, Wonderful. In honor of Wyoming and Air Force. Yeah. Uh, the next one here, this is eating potato chips for dinner. Boise State at Colorado State. Um, Just empty calories? All empty calories. Exclusively <laughs> empty calories. There's going to be, I think, a lot of points in this game, because I don't imagine that Colorado State's defense is going to get off the field a ton, and I don't imagine that Boise State's defense is going to get off the field a ton, because that defense is not good at stopping the pass, and that's the only thing that Colorado State uh, can do. Boise State, we talked about on the recap, is not good and 2-0, and which is the, the slogan for Andy Avalos. Um, oh Boise gosh, State yeah. might benefit again here from, from something that it had no control over, which is the distinct possibility that Utah State has broken Braden Fowler-Nicolosi completely. If that's the case, then Boise State will win. Um, you gotta, yeah. I, I think if you, if you are, you know, uh, the rooting interest here for Utah State obviously would be Colorado State. It's good to put, to put a loss on the board for, for Boise State and kind of get them a little bit out of the way in the standings. Um, they have more tough games coming. Uh, you need to hope that Utah State has not permanently altered uh, that kid's brain. I, I think that that's the big, that's the, that's yeah. going to be the big defining thing here. Oh, you could just see it in his eyes. He was, he oh. was not playing football when he was playing football. He I, was just, I don't, I the don't. way that Cooper Lega looks, but it's normal for him. Yeah. <laughs> like that blank stare. That's what Brayden uh, Fowler Nicolosi was doing, but he's not yeah. supposed to. Yeah. Uh, it's was, normal on Cooper. That's just how he is, but he was uh, doing Fowler the Cooper Nicolosi, stare. <laughs> yeah. He was doing the Cooper stare. That dude was seeing ghosts. Um, not good. If you're not Cooper Lega and you have that look on your face, it's yeah. uh, bad news. Go I, see a doctor and stop playing football. I don't know why they didn't take that kid out of the game. I really, really don't know why they didn't do that because you, you're not. Yeah. He's not going to get anywhere. It's, it's only going to get worse. Um, yeah. Really, probably should have done well, that. It, it but... wasn't like he got hit and like rattled. It was just he couldn't get anything done. He didn't believe. You know, it in, wasn't like he didn't believe in any of the things that he formerly believed in. They they changed yeah. his they changed his belief system. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. like, he was, yeah. he was seeing cover three as having 25 defenders down the field. He wasn't, he didn't trust anything that he was seeing. Um, yeah. you got to get that guy out of the game. You, you really, yeah. Utah state has seen that happen to Cooper and Cooper usually just has that stare to him, but he really had yeah. it against air force. And I think Blake Anderson made, we talked about it at the time and we don't yeah, need to rehash boom. this. Yeah. He made the right decision because like when a guy looks like that and when a guy is not trusting what he's seeing, 
it's not going to get better. It's it's just not. You yeah. gotta you gotta call it. You gotta call the. Nope, you're done. You you can't. You're not going to throw your way out of this. You're just going to make more mistakes. You're going to press, and and that's that's what happened exactly to Colorado State on Saturday. Is that you have a quarterback who was completely flustered and as the game went on, made increasingly stupid throws to try and get himself out of it, and none of them worked, and a lot of them just ended yeah. in interceptions. Um, that's going to be the key is if he is not that permanently, if if he is uh, if he can recover from that. And maybe he can. He's a talented player. He's a young guy. He has a lot of confidence. I think probably for Colorado State this week, the key is just making sure that he still has it, that he's still confident, that he understands that that was more of a one-off than anything else. Um, yeah. They can win this game if he's good. If he's not good, they're in a lot of trouble, not just this week. This this tenure, they're in trouble. They need him to be yes. good. Yeah, they need him to be what he has been. He's been a great quarterback. Um, if, he, if he can bounce back, Colorado State should be able to take care of business. Boise State doesn't look great. If not, uh, Boise State could get it done. The only thing more Boise State than being not good in 2-0 is being not good in 3-0. Uh, the Broncos might out-Bronco themselves as the, if they can get it done this week, which would be um, – at that point, Utah State fans and everybody else should start to get worried because that is what Boise does. Yep. Um, obviously rooting pretty hard for Boise State to lose that game in the, in the, the potato chips game. Yep, moving to the state of Nevada, we got an in-state matchup, UNLV at Nevada. Battle of Fremont. Um, yep. Or, uh, this, what's it called? Yeah. Fremont. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to, I think it's probably Fremont. Like yeah. Um, this game is always weird. This matchup is always weird. Sometimes bad teams win against good teams. Um, yep. Usually it's UNLV doing that, but Nevada is the bad team this year. UNLV, another team uh, unbeaten at the top of the conference. Um, I think they, I, they not have, they haven't really <laughs> done it in impressive fashion because they haven't really had the chance to do it in impressive fashion. They've played some bad teams, but they are there. Um, I think they're probably going to win this game because Nevada is not very good, but it is worth keeping an eye on as another team up at the top of the conference right now. Yep. So the the, the Battle of the Fremont Cannon is what it's called. That okay. Awesome, awesome in-state. Oh, yeah. Rivalry. That's a cool name, um, too. Nice. Yeah, and a cool trophy. It's a it's a cannon, and the winning school gets to paint it their own school colors oh, and stuff. So fantastic. They're always like, oh, the you know the cannon's blue if you're Nevada. Or, yeah. You know, awesome rivalry. Fo- football's awesome. College football's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, this game, uh, yeah, UNLV should be the better team in state battles, in state and in conference rivalries like this. You never, you never know what you're going to get. It, this could be anything, but I, I think UNLV is legit this year, and I think yeah. they, they get it. Yeah, my only other thing on this, and then we'll move on to the two very bad games at the bottom of the conference. Um, I don't know if I said it on this show, but I did say it in a couple places this off season. Um, UNLV is the 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 uh, what came into the season in my mind as the odds-on favorite of team that hired a coach and a staff who wants to be there for exactly one year and try to parlay that into a bigger job with a, a, a transfer-heavy team. Um, and I don't know if you saw earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Bruce Feldman and the Athletic curiously writing a story about how how good of a job uh, Barry Odom and 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 staff are doing there. Um, <laughs> that is the yeah, goal. I, uh, he's, uh... I think I had the finger on the pulse with that one. I don't know that uh, I don't know that Barry Odom is necessarily long for Las Vegas. I think he he pretty much wanted to do uh, do a quick job, get in and out, and and jump back up to the P five. I don't know that he is a uh, a Las Vegas guy necessarily, and he's got yeah. a staff full of guys who also have the same approach 
offensive coordinator Brendan Marion has had. Seriously, go look at his Wikipedia page if you're listening to this. He's had like 11 jobs in 11 years. He never stays at a place more than one year. It's it's uncanny. Um, that is, uh, I think that's the the approach. And if you're good enough, you can do that. It kind of, uh, I don't really know yeah. why UNLV signed up for that, but a good season's a good well, season. I mean, They're having it's, one it's right now. It's working. Yeah, they got to be able to build on it. I will say the Fremont Cannon will be scarlet this year. You know, going into next year, Barry Odom will not be wearing scarlet next year. He's he's going to leave. Yeah. Uh, but at least UNLV will get the Cannon for another year. Um, they they should be able to get it done. What food is this? Do you have a food for me? Oh man, what is the? There's not really a like a Vegas. F- food necessarily i mean like a big steak oh, is, there's tons of there's tons of vegas there, there's just, uh, like a staple a, there's not like a i don't know if there's like a signature. like a shrimp shrimp buffet at okay midnight. this is kind of a shrimp buffet at midnight situation i think this is a not very okay. nice casino shrimp buffet at midnight where you're going down there and you're like i know this isn't the best shrimp in the world but it's shrimp and yeah and it smells vaguely like cigarette smoke yeah, in the back but and, what are you gonna some do some guy's losing his house yeah 30 it, feet to your right it's yeah, a casino okay. yeah there's 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 uh you got people up on the tables and you got just all sorts of all sorts of mayhem i think it's a yeah shrimp buffet is probably a good a good food copier it's casino food yeah it's casino food it's it gets the job done i think (laughs) the idea um san diego state at hawaii is next up here um Mm, boy, somebody's going to get their first conference win. That's good. You could say the same about San Jose State <laughs> at New Mexico. Somebody's going to get their first conference win. Yeah, um, I think San Diego State at Hawaii. Let's start with that one. Um, a lot like Boise State at Colorado State in a in, in a couple ways. Uh, San Diego State gets to prove, hey, we're really not that bad. Come on, guys, we beat Hawaii. You know, if they if they win this game, yeah, um, they're I think. Um, yeah, we saw the warning signs early. They are not good. They're not turning it around. Boise State, we saw the same signs. Of course, they they have figured it out when they need to. Um, we will find out just how bad San Diego State is going out to the island. This could be uh, this could be one of those games that really breaks the the Aztecs. Yeah. Um, or gets them back on track. There's there's or, or gets them yeah. back on track to you know borderline bowl eligible, yeah. uh, salvageable season, but. Uh, I don't know. It could be make or break for for San Diego State, and then Hawaii's just Hawaii. They yeah, uh, I would. They're love, not that good. I would love to see Hawaii get a, a. It's really its first signature win under under Timmy Chang here. That would be great. Um, I know it's a down yeah. year for San Diego State, but still, I just I like the program. I like Timmy Chang quite a bit. It would be cool to see them get a uh, get a big win, get on track a little bit, start to make it. Could, it could be fun. Yeah, start yeah. to make a little bit more progress. This game is starting at 11 p.m. Mountain Time, so it's going to be on if you have nothing else to do on Saturday yeah. night. I guess. Yeah. Um, I probably uh, this game maybe just turn on a movie or something. But uh, I think this is a <laughs> yeah. I think this is a frozen pizza. I think we got a frozen pizza here. Yeah, that's fair. Frozen pizza. Hawaii, I think, is a team that's like they're they're better than their record, but only slightly. Yeah. Um, and maybe I only say that because they're kind of a fun team, and maybe I'm misinterpreting fun as as good. But yeah, uh, it, it would be cool to see Timmy Chan get that win against San Diego State, and it would be fun to just see San Diego State, and I presume their their season start to come unraveled at that point. So yep, I'm I'm hoping for that to happen. And then San Jose State at New Mexico. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I have a whole lot to say about uh, about this one. <laughs> yeah, this, this is game. a game that's happening. Um, bowl of cereal. 
Yeah, I was going to say like a glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> like this game is nothing. Yeah, um, this is a LaCroix. This is a delicious LaCroix. <laughs> yeah, this game... <laughs> yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. It's it's uh, not the best game that you have to watch. Um, there's, a, there's other games you can watch. This yep. this is a good... Uh, find out who's who's kind of at the bottom of the Mountain West. Um, both teams trying desperately to, to sink like a rock to the bottom of the conference. So we'll see... Yeah, who, who prevails in their quest to be the the bottom uh, bottom team? It's going to be in Albuquerque. Sure. I don't know. If yep. You're in Albuquerque. There's probably other things to do. It's yeah. it's beautiful. Year down yeah, there, so. yeah. Go for a hike. Go for a nice hike instead of doing yeah. this. Um, all right, yeah. we will uh, we'll talk to you all for the uh, for the recap show. Don't know exactly when we're going to do that, given the the Friday night game kind of messes with scheduling stuff a little bit, but. Uh, We'll figure it out, and we will be back uh, soon, sooner than later.